this trailer for for Big Game comes on, which is like a Samuel L. Jackson movie. And this kid like jumps out of a helicopter, lands on the helicopter, and then like Samuel L. Jackson says some like something like badass as he always does. <laughs> right. Yeah, what about you know how right, he does? Right. He just like says everything he says badass. Well, this is bad motherfucker. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Something like that. And then yeah. and then next thing you know, I've been having this vision. I'm like, what the Whoa. And it didn't it's even your voice pop. It's my through, voice, right. bro. That moment. So it is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features, annual fee unlimited uploads and you keep a hundred percent of your royalties check out districtkid.com hello hello welcome to the new music business podcast brought to you by ari's take i am your host ari herstand author of how to make it in the new music business the book Today's episode, we are bringing to you Vo Williams. He's an incredible hip-hop artist, now based in L.A., originally from Florida. This episode, we go in deep. So for all of you who are wondering how to get your music synced to TV shows, films, commercials, games, we talk about that. Now, Vo has been incredibly successful getting his music synced everywhere. He has hundreds and hundreds of sync placements. He makes a lot of money getting his music synced. We talk about, we go through his whole story, how he got into music and how he got out to LA, but then we go in deep and we really uh, pull out the practical tips. This one, a lot of practical advice here. So maybe break out your notepad. This would be one where uh, you're going to learn a lot and he actually gives you some very tangible, immediate, actionable advice. Strap in. Let's go. Vo Williams. We're going to dig into everything sync licensing, and that's why I'm like super excited to have you here because I've explored it from all different angles and have talked to music supervisors and sync licensing companies and artists who've done it themselves. Yeah. I'm really curious about your story and side of it because I haven't talked to people who've been successful with it in the hip-hop realm, especially yeah. independently. Right. So that is the most intriguing thing for me. Indeed. Um, but I want to back up just a little bit and kind of get some of your story just yeah. to kind of understand where you came from, what brought you well for to LA, and then right. what got you into sync license and everything there. Right. Um, so let's step back. Like getting into music, where did that come from? What what inspired you to start music? What was uh, what was that like? Man, um, music kind of came to me at a young age, just like I think it does with everybody. Okay. Um, you know, growing up watching Michael Jackson videos. Okay. Uh, on MTV, and you know. Yeah. Uh, Metallica videos and like really Metallica yeah yeah, okay. yeah. what what uh what year are we talking years are we talking oh, about this man. Like I don't want early you know, 90s? Uh, dude, late 80s I feel like 1975 but uh, <laughs> early 90s though for sure like yeah, yeah yeah dude just like you know seeing a lot of um a lot of the stuff that was happening in music how old are you I feel like we're the same age or do you not share this information uh, <laughs> yeah I'm like, no, no, question, no, no, no. question number one let me throw I'm something no, no, at no. you yeah all right all right, all right. <laughs> either way yeah yeah I'm younger than Quincy Jones, oh. <laughs> and I'm older than Billie Eilish. Okay, okay. <laughs> like I, I just met Quincy last week. <laughs> Did it you was really? like the most epic meeting of my life. Yo, I was just thinking about that cat earlier today. I was having this Dude. random thought about people who tell great stories. Not only and, did he tell great know? stories, I mean, he was dropping wisdom bombs left wow. and right. He was the most gracious, 
uh, humble person, like we, you know, it was an intimate event. Uh, I'm going to take a tangent here just to tell you about Quincy yeah. because I'm still buzzing from this thing. And then we're going to so get back dope. to yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> but like we were at this small event at Capitol Records. There's like 60 people in there. Mm. He's being honored by AKG microphones right. and headphones. People were lining up to talk to him. He's just sitting at the piano and he sat with everybody as long as they wanted. Wow. And just having a long conversation, just dropping wisdom bomb after wisdom bomb. That's yeah. amazing. He's he's a gracious man. Gracious that's dude. so legendary, dude. I know. That's Michael crazy. Jackson, he still has the number one album, Quincy Jones, as the title of the number one album of all time with Thriller. Right, right, yeah. of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's mm-hmm. crazy, dude. What a legend. Man. I know, I know. So you're so you're watching Michael Jackson, Metallica, you're oh, back. Yeah. And yeah. how old were you kind of do you remember? You were when this was like, yeah. I mean, you know, affecting you. I was like, you know, five, six, uh, mm-hmm. and um, I remember for Christmas one year, my mom bought me this like little fake like microphone or whatever, yeah, uh, with like a little fake guitar, you know, and it had like the, this is like way before like Guitar Hero, but right. it had like little <laughs> buttons on it, and right. you can like play little simple stuff or oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I for just sure. used to I like sit in my underwear in the living room and just like you know nice. like pretend to be Michael Jackson or whatever. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, so yeah, no, it was it was uh, it was crazy, and I think I think it was just what I was responding to. Um, was not only the music, but also just seeing the the power that people had mm. to to kind of like move these like crowds and like command. You know, at, at a young age, you don't realize that right. that's what it is. But it's just right. it's so influential to see that. And um, and yeah, it's just like those guys look so cool, man. Yeah, I even remember. Was it just through the TV, or was yeah, you just going to concerts? TV. Okay, just the yeah. TV. Well, I mean, I grew up in Florida in yeah. a small town in Florida called Sarasota. Sure. Um, so we didn't have a lot of like live shows coming oh, okay. through there. There wasn't like a big live culture there. Gotcha. Um, of course, Tampa's nearby, but even okay. still, it wasn't like like yeah. it is now. Mm. Um, but yeah, dude, I just, yeah, I, like the George Michael video I, stands out to me, dude. Faith, um, Faith yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah, just like, dude, like it's just it's just something about. It's just something about seeing um, seeing an illustration of cool in that way. <laughs> it's just an expression of just like confidence in that way. Yeah. And it very much so was that. You know, the aviator shades, like the leather, like, you know, just like everything was just so visually stunning mm-hmm. and bold. And that's and I just wanted to live like that. Mm. I wanted to, to walk through life like that. Yeah. And that made me that not only attracted me to 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 the making the music, but also living the life of a musician and just like feeling like an artist you know what i mean yeah yeah, yeah it just cool. was a dope time man so so you were uh inspired by all of that what do yeah. you remember your first concert uh wow the first concert that i've ever been to um i think was ah uh, this is crazy dude so so my dad i love my dad to death yeah he's he's like he's one of the coolest cats that in our family for sure okay and that cool. i know that's great um but I think he just didn't know at the time um, who Two Live Crew was. Okay. So we were like, we were like, maybe like, we were like, I was 10. I don't even know how how I was able to, (laughs) I was 10, my sister was 12, and my cousin Javaris was like, was like either like 11 or 12 or something like that. Uh Anyways, my dad's like, hey, I'm going to take the kids to see a concert. We're going to go to Two Live Crew. They got this great song out or whatever. (laughs) And I'm sure by by the time it hit him, it was like the edited version of it, right? Right, right. And um, (laughs) and so we went to go see that show in Tampa. 
And wow. so, um, so yeah, we pull up, and you know, my dad's like taking the kids to go see a concert, yeah, right, bro. And it's two live crew, and I'm talking about it's two live crew. Yeah. Like they got girls on the oh, stage, whoa. and like, dude, it was that was one of the most X rated thing. That's my first, <laughs> yeah, that was my first concert, man. <laughs> you're ten, and you're I, watching yeah, this go down. That's, Your dad is probably like put his hand over the <laughs> yeah. eyes, like, oh yeah, no. Man. I mean, yeah. at the time, I didn't understand any of it. I had yeah. no context for what was like X rated and what it wasn't. Sure. But I just knew that we got out of there quick. <laughs> Like we were there, like we were there, like fifteen minutes or something like that. Oh wow! The show started, yeah. It, it like, like they had some girls come on stage, and it was yeah. like, all right. So that was my first concert. Yeah, <laughs> very influential. Uh, yeah, <laughs> interesting. Mm. And so, when did you think that uh, music could be something you could pursue professionally? Um, mm, I think I was. I think I was about sixteen. Mm. Um, I was sixteen, and at that point. Uh, I was already really, really deep into all these other other genres, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, a lot of alternative music, um, obviously Nirvana, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Pearl Jam. Um, so you're into rock? Oh, I love rock. Alice, Alice in Chains. Wow. Um, okay. Dude, I, yeah. Still Metallica was one of my favorite bands yeah. to this day. Um, a lot of Wu-Tang. A lot of Wu-Tang Clan. Okay. Um, okay. I'm talking about like I was like... I was like deep into Wu Tang culture and like and and that hip hop Method Man, uh-huh. you know, uh, was one of my favorites. The RZA, okay. you know, I, yeah. I don't want to like sit here and name all of them, but Wu-Tang. no, but the, that's what was coming at you when you were sixteen. It's just Did coming you, at you. Were you in a since you were so into rock? Were you in a rock band in high school? No, or anything? no, or I never you play any instruments. Or yeah, like, I do play guitar. You play guitar, yeah, okay. horribly, but yeah, okay. I do play guitar. <laughs> um, yeah. and um, I started that when I was about thirteen, but okay. um, I think. I think kind of like what happened was um, because I was also skating, um, mm. really active in the skateboarding, cool. which was a huge passion of mine. Yeah. Um, and I was watching this skate video. I forget exactly who this guy was, man. Sure. I, I forget his name because it's so long ago, but um, this guy's a legend. I'm sure the skaters out there are going to butcher me for this. <laughs> um, I want to say his name was Kareem, actually. Okay. And he did this, um, he did this street run to, um, uh, to Method Man, um, Bring the Pain. Okay. Um, and uh, it was the first time that, as a as a skater, as a black skater mm-hmm. living in a predominantly uh, white uh, city, mm. um, and you know, not really seeing myself mm. in the sport, um, not really seeing myself in the culture. Mm. And then I, my my buddy Keith, he had this tape of this guy. Uh, of this, he had this tape of uh, I think it was Alien Workshop or something like that, and and this guy was like just shredding, mm. and um, and to see this black skater just murder, yeah, and he was doing it to hip hop. Cool. So it was the first time I was seeing that fusion of of what I love to do with hip hop and like oh man like you can listen to hip hop and skate yeah um, and at that time where I where I lived the culture very much so was like skating and you know rock and alternative was a part of our culture there Interesting. so it was new yeah. for me it was like wow and I I saw myself in hip hop uh-huh. and in this in this very different way and um, and in skating and in, in skating different. at right. the same time yeah. so it was the marriage of these two mm. worlds cool. and I think uh, a lot of times artists have multiple things that they love and that they're passionate about yep. and very rarely do those worlds collide into one thing that you can focus your all of your energy towards mm. so it became one movement instead of like oh i'm listening to hip-hop sometimes and i also skate and i also listen to alternative your friends in high school were, did they fall into different camps did you have your skater friends and did you have your, absolutely and then and that was like you're listening to rock yeah but then did you have friends that s- similarly dug hip-hop with you and mm. was that a different crew or did was that 100 
percent. Okay, one hundred percent. I mean, so you're feeling things, this pull from like different different sides. Absolutely, yeah. things are very much so compartmentalized that way in high school, though, aren't they? That sure. everybody's trying to find their tribe. Mm. Um, and I actually went to a performing arts high school where um, a lot of uh, a lot of cross pollination was was happening organically, and people were a little bit more open because it was a, such a creatively driven school. Okay, um, cool. and um, yeah, no, it was it was great. I mean, we we did have those separations, but I never really felt alienated from anybody. I think we were all just pulling from each other. Nice. Um, and we we're kind of at that cuffs to where things were starting to become more genreless, anyways. Mm. So you know, it was um, things were happening where people were listening to each other and just sharing ideas, and things were crossing over in a very. Were you performing in high school? What was your, your yeah, focus? Yeah, uh, I was performing arts high school. Well, um, my focus was was art, so visual arts. Okay. Right. Okay. So um, so I'm also a painter as well. Cool. Um, and um, I was I was enrolled in the school as a visual artist and, and focusing primarily on that. But um, you know, at the lunch tables, we would we would do like MC battles and freestyle sessions. Um, <laughs> nice. It was yeah, and then you know, and then sometimes I would go and jam with my homies, um, and we would just have these like jam sessions with like mm-hmm. uh, everybody would like maybe somebody would bring like a set of drums or like uh, this homie would bring like a bass, this one would bring a guitar and we yeah. jam. So I'm just having all these different experiences, um, but you know what I kind of got to the point to where I was like you know what I think this is something that I want to do when I was about 16 Mm -hmm. um, and freestyling um, there used to be this local show called um, it was actually just uh, uh, an underground hip hop show uh, on a radio station Mm -hmm. 88.5 in Tampa and that was with DJ Mad Links Um, and on Friday nights they would have these rap battles where you would call in on your cell phone oh, this no. is yeah you <laughs> were, not, I don't, honestly not even a lot of people had cell phones right. you would call in <laughs> and the other person would call in yes and it's like yo contestant number one are you on the line yeah i'm here wow. contestant number two da, 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 state your name you know cool. oh, it's vo and we would rap against each other and i'm wow. 16 so i can do that i i couldn't be out anyways this sure. thing came on at like midnight <laughs> wow. and so i'm on the phone doing rap battles yeah. uh, against cats all around the the local area uh-huh. um and that kind of that kind of made me start taking hip hop a little bit more seriously <laughs> and cool. um yeah dude i won that show like maybe like 24 weeks in a row or something. Wow. Yeah, they, they really should have like had a cap or something like that. Yeah. Where they're like, all right, we're going to... But yeah. Who would vote? How did you win? Yeah, people would call in after that and oh, be really? like, oh, yeah. And this is way before Trolls, man. People yeah. were like more yeah. honest back then. Yeah. So people would call in and be like, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, that guy was... that Contestant number one was crazy dope. I'm definitely going with him. Number two was dope or number three. And then, you know, sometimes people would call... They wouldn't understand the dynamics of rap battle, yeah. right? So they would call in and just be like commenting on people's like phone quality. Like, yeah, that one guy's phone sounded like it was Alex- Alexander Graham Bell made it. Like, dude, this is a rap battle. Funny. Like, right, right. you know, and you would get a vote based on the quality of your phone sometimes. Wow. Like, uh, so you got to track it on a landline at yeah, some point, yeah. right? I had it down to a science, bro. Nice. My um, landline yeah. mic was crazy. Yeah, that. <laughs> that. Man, this is uh, right. Mics before mics. Yeah, for you, exactly. Right? Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So, so you're winning these rap battles on the radio. Yeah. 
um, and you're kind of in high school and you're like, man, yeah. this is something that I'm, I'm good at. You're getting this validation from this respected radio station right. because you're winning these rap battles. Right. So where do you take it from there? Um, so, you know, after that, we start recording some some tracks. And who's we? Uh, myself and my crew. I used to be okay. a part of this crew called the Genix. Uh-huh. Um, very good friends of mine. And high we, school friends? Kind yeah, of high okay. school friends. Um, and my buddy Bad Rock, who was like my right hand man, like, and I was his as well. Yeah. Um, we were basically partners in crime. Um, and um, yeah, we were recording tracks on his like uh, four track uh Tape recorder. I remember those. Dude, yep. yeah. Dude. Ping pong down to yeah. get more tracks. And dude, shit. this yeah. cat, dude, my, my homie Bad Rock was a genius <laughs> yeah. with it, though. He, nice. like, he took nothing and made a lot. Like, he actually is uh, really inspirational to me still to this day in that way. And he mm-hmm. always found a way to, like, make it work. So cool. we would just record just tons and tons and just learn how mm-hmm. to make songs and find ourselves in the music. And, um, um, yeah. Where are the beats coming from? Uh, Bad Rock. Bad Rock was a producer. He made on, it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. He made cool. him. He made him on this uh, MTV beat maker thing. What? I think it was on. Uh, I forget the. I think it's. I don't know if it was PlayStation or if it were. <laughs> um, it's something, but it's a game. But it's it's like a, a game format, right? Mm. But a game platform. But you go in and you can actually make beats. What? On the on yeah. Okay. Like like if you're on your PlayStation, you can you can program inside of huh. yeah inside of this thing. And uh, bro, this like cat pre Ableton or this is just like uh, oh yeah just, yeah yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, the thing is, is Pro Tools existed, right? But okay. we didn't we couldn't afford that stuff. Sure, like you know, course. we're like doing this in the bedroom, you wow. know, like putting up like mattresses and like right, of course. mics with like stockings and just yeah. like yo looking around the house like yo we need something that's like this and like right. inventing stuff yeah shout was, out to playstation for giving yeah, you the ability dude. to like make beats through a game format and then uh, you found a way to just like play that would you put a mic up to the tv or something well no i mean well well the mic we would run it we would run it through the four track but oh, okay. um you mean in order to get the beats out yeah yeah i don't that part i don't remember sure. i know that there was a sound card uh okay or, uh, functionality or whatever so i'm wow. not i'm not exactly sure how he yeah. would get it off of that but yeah I, I gotta ask him about that <laughs> so yeah so we would make okay, so we were making, making music yeah. and um and then um yeah and then you know fast forward man to like to like 18 i was on uh 106 in part freestyle friday which is uh uh a show that was on bet uh mm. it was basically kind of like your your trl countdown show okay um and it was you know for black music um the place where you go and and you know put your stuff out i mean yeah. when you know you got a new jay-z's got a new song he's going to, to 106 and park to debut cool. it in front of all the kids sure uh this is this is pre this is pre youtube this yeah. is pre uh i mean i i believe myspace existed sure i, I think so yeah but um but how did you get on the show um wow so Man, I, I think they had done an open call or something like that. Oh, they did. They did an open call. Cool. They said, um, they said, hey, come down to the studio. Here's how we're gonna do. We're gonna do the casting. They did it on the show, mm-hmm. and uh, and I said, you know, I'm gonna fly to New York and and do this. I'm a battle because at that point I was like the battle guy in right, my, in my right, mind. I'm right. like, Yo, 24 I'm weeks go. in a row. Yeah, I'm on 88.5 yeah. locally, killing it. Yo, let's go. I'm nice. ready for New York. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> I go up to New York and. Uh, and they have this casting call. Of course, New York. I'm not thinking this pragmatically. I'm. I'm just. I, you know, I'm an 18 year old kid thinking right. like, yeah, I'm about to go up here and just smoke everybody. Right. That's <laughs> obviously. Right. So I go up there and um, and obviously there's. <laughs> 
thousands of people out there because <laughs> New York has sure. rappers right. and new, people in New Jersey and right. Philly who could just drive right. there. Right. Uh, but I wasn't thinking that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to fly up there and my chances are going to be good because I'm mm-hmm. so awesome, right? Right, right? I get up there. I'm like, yeah. And then also everybody in the city who watches this show because there is no other place to watch hip hop. There's no other place to get new hip hop. This is no, there's no Spotify. There's no, there's no Apple Music. Right. If you want to know what's happening, what, if you want the new music in hip hop, you have to watch 106 and Park on BET. There's nothing else in the, in the world. Wow. So, you know, they do this open call and of course everybody's there. Sure. Um, It was very much so a part of the, the model, right? Uh, That, that old, you know how these old models, you actually talk about this a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, The traditional ways of, uh, uh, making success in the music business mm-hmm. and how those things have shifted and changed yep. with technology. Sure. Um, the, 106 and Park was a part of that core model. Yo, mm-hmm. get on 106. Yeah. That, that, was like, that was like how you do it. Yeah. Either that or radio. Sure. It okay. was like that. It was like wow. those two things. Yeah. So needless to say, there's a lot of people out there. Yeah. That day I battled... I battled maybe 10 or 15 dope rappers. Yeah. Um, and I later got a, a letter in the mail from uh, Lynette Granville. Hey, you, we want you to be on the show. Wow. I was like, this wow. is a year later. A year later? A year after. I was like, ah, oh. maybe I didn't make it. Wow. I get a letter in the mail a year later, and I get on the show a year, maybe like six months or a year after that. Wow. Yeah. There was a lot of people, man. Yeah. And so- um, Were you and, winning these battles, or how, does, how was yeah. the format of that when you were uh, the, at for, the audition? The audition was the just- they would, So they had us in a line, mm-hmm. um, and, then, and then they would- I, oh, You know, I think they would just have two people- the, the, these two people that are in, it's basically based on your position. So okay. if you're standing in front of me, uh-huh. you're going to turn around and you're going to battle me in front of these people. Gotcha. And then we're out. And then the next two people, the next two people. Yeah. And then if you make it to the next round, then just like that. Cool. Cool. Uh, so I was out there all day. Wow. Uh, and yeah, we did it like that. And um, yeah, I made it on 106. And was uh, that so that day and then the year following that? Yeah. Was it encouraging or was it humbling or like what did you feel coming away from that experience with these thousands of other rappers that you were kind of up against and seeing that they were dope also yeah. and that you were now a small fish in a big sea versus right. a big fish in your hometown? Man, did, what was that like? I mean, I was nervous. I remember being nervous to go anyways, mm. you know, um, just based on myself. I, I wasn't sure that I would be able to br- to be the best me, you mm. know, and I was more concerned. I was more in my head about that than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And then to see all those other dope MCs, it was like, yeah, it was two things. It was one, super humbling, obviously, to to be exposed to that in person. Yeah. Um, but then also super validating okay. to be able to be in that room and to survive. Yes. Uh, because in my small town in Sarasota, Florida, right. that wasn't going down. Yeah. And uh, I had people tell me, hey, man, we don't think it's a good idea that you go. Mm. Like my going there was very much so almost like a, um, I really had to believe in myself to go anyway. So yeah. um, how did you forward to, to go man do just it. like who's supporting that i do uh, me i yeah. say yeah save the you money bro i've been you. working since i was 13 hell man. yeah I, right. saved, I, was, I was working at applebee's i saved nice. us some bread good for you <laughs> you right. know what i'm saying good. and uh and uh <laughs> That's not like a that's not like a plug for Applebee's or anything like that. But you <laughs> Shout know, out to Applebee's yeah. for giving you your break. No. Yeah, cut the check. Yeah, <laughs> cut right. the check without. But no, but I saved up some bread, man, and um, yeah, and me and my and my roommate, 
teammate Rio. Mm. Uh, we went up there, man. We wow. and we yeah, we did it together. Me, Rio, uh, my buddy Tony, and my man Siege. Mm. Um, yeah, that was the click. And um, you know, uh, me, Siege, Tony, Rio, we all had developed. You know, being artists, being visual artists too. We also we developed this like marketing um, rollout with like merch, and it was it was actually quite. It was it was it was quite a deal, man, for our budgets. Yeah, so the way we rolled out there, man, we just we killed it. it you developed crazy. this this rollout for for what for a, a rec- the record that you were doing at the so, time, or how did you do that? So when I knew that I was coming to 106, yeah. I made a mixtape. Okay, right. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm co- I'm going to 106. I can't go without. I gotta go there with something. I'm about sure. to blow up. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 exactly, <laughs> like, right, right. <laughs> <I> got- <laughs> Yeah. I gotta leave some. I gotta leave some music. Right. So so um, so we cut a mixtape. It was like twenty tracks on it. Okay. Um, and then you know we designed the cover for it. We designed uh, actual merch. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had like headbands, t-shirts. We wow. had uh, the actual physical CDs, and we were going up there with just like loads of this stuff, yes. handing them out to kids. You know, like and you know, sitting in the green room, like right. waiting to go on, and like kids would come up, like, "Oh, we saw you last week, yo!" Like, "Oh, nice. we, can we take a picture, or whatever, yo? Cool. Take a CD, take a right. uh, go to my website." Yeah. So, um, so you know, those were the moments where I felt like, okay, this is this is kind of like opening up, and this is something that I'm starting to do. And also at that same time, I was doing some ghostwriting. Um, um, uh, on a project that came out with Universal. Um, Explain guy, what that means, ghostwriting. Ghostwriting is um, ghostwriting is basically well, ghostwriting is is what any other genre would just call songwriting. Okay, right. Uh, whereas you write a song and then a great artist would take that music and and express that music okay. and put that music under their brand. Right. So. People write for Beyonce all the time. It's a very sure. normal thing. You wouldn't call that ghostwriting, but in hip hop, you would call it ghostwriting because you don't get credit. Uh, you do get credit, yeah, for sure. But okay. um, but for some reason, it's called ghostwriting. I mean, okay. you're you're not supposed to. It, it, for some reason, in hip hop, it's just that genre to where it's it's a part of the culture to where um, it's very much so um, debatable whether or not an MC should write all of their mm. own rhymes. Mm. Um, sure. And we're the only genre that's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, maybe like folk, you know, folk, maybe folk singer, right, songwriters true. will typically, you know, they're not singing other people's songs. Right, right. So like singer, songwriters, that's singer, singer songwriter, songwriter right. in the title. Right. You see that there. But right, in hip hop, I, I expect that the MCs are, you know, they're rapping right now, stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and mm-hmm. I don't know why it's that way, but it's that way. Okay, and um, right because in pop, I mean, more times than not, uh, the artist either didn't write the song at all or just right. was one of five co-writers, right? Uh, and it's all part. It's a very collaborative process, absolutely. Which um, is a beautiful. Which is why there's which is great. Like, su- such great music in that. Absolutely. Space. So you're ghostwriting. So what does that mean? Would you just write at home and send in the the tracks, or would you go into the studio with the artist and collaborate in person, or how did that work? Um, actually, these records, um, we went to Atlanta. To uh, to Darp Studios, which is Dallas Austin's studio, okay, um, and um, and he's he's a legend himself, uh-huh. like uh, like Quincy Jones, yeah. but he's like almost like the new Quincy Jones. He worked sure. with everybody, including yeah. Michael Jackson. Uh-huh. Um, and we're in his studio with Jazzy Faye um, and working on the the record together in that studio. Mm. Um, and so that was my first 
ghostwriting, songwriting experience. And this is all happening at the same time as I'm going on 106 and Park. So I battle for 106 and Park. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. I go, have this ghostwriting experience with Universal. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Yeah. Then, yeah. I go, then I go on 106 and Park. Yeah. So Was it just the one experience of ghostwriting or were you a regular guy that they would call in? Uh, well, this uh, at that time, I was, um, I was kind of like signed to this independent, this very independent label. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... It, so it was we were working on music all mm. constantly and this was one of the projects that was coming out from that label okay um and um actually there's a song on that on that album that synced to uh that universal synced to um uh oh what is the name of that movie something malibu what year are we talking uh we're talking 2007 2006 or, no, not 2007, 2004. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Something yeah. Malibu with, with Jamie Kennedy. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's, no. uh, oh, what is the name of that movie? Anyways, so this song synced in that, and that was actually my first time seeing First Taste and Sync. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't actually, I'm not on that song, but okay. that's the first thing that but I But because ever, you're a co-writer on it right i'm a co-writer on the album but not on the not on that track not on that track. yeah but it was the first time i saw somebody no no that wasn't me yeah and for these ghostwriting experiences um would they pay you to be there or would they just would you just get a cut of the royalties or what was that business model it was a royalty thing okay because he was my label mate so it was an opportunity they were very much so leveraging the opportunity to work with jazzy faye who at that time was like jazzy faye uh, and Little John were both at that time like your guys, and mm-hmm. actually Little John produced on that album as, on that same album as well. So, so. you'd go in, you'd you'd co-write, ghostwrite. Uh, you would be an official co-write songwriter. Yeah, in, like you'd register with all of the stuff, or would oh, it be one hundred percent? Yeah. Oh okay. yeah, yeah. And then yeah. you theoretically, if the songs did well, you'd make back end royalties for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool. I just I just can't go out there and, and say. It's just taboo for me to go out there and say, oh, I wrote verse number two on that song. Sure. You don't do that. Yeah, but you're just a collaborative. So when you look at the credits, you'll see your name under songwriting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So So you're still in Florida. When did you move out to L.A. and what inspired that? Man, I moved to L.A. 10 years ago. All right. And uh, yeah, it's been a... Happy 10-year anniversary. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Man, I just... I wanted to just get out of Florida and I needed a change. Yeah. Um, You know... Man, I feel like the Highlander, dude. There's so, there's so much. I'm mean, also very old, too. So, okay, okay. but I won't tell you my age. You won't tell me your age? I'm gonna figure <laughs> this out. I'm, piece, I'm, I'm making this math equation here. I'm, I'm figuring this out 2004. He had this thing. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 106 yeah. happened here. He's yeah, 18 yeah. over here. So, I'm, 1976, I'm gonna, right. right? I'm driving down the road. Like, oh, that I was just got my ball, license. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. No, but, um, but yeah, no, about 10 years ago, um, I felt, I felt like very stuck and stifled creatively and mm. also just in life. I I think that I hit this point where it was like, God, like you know, I had already done 106 in Park years before I sure. come here. So you know, um, it just I, I was like, man, what else can I do? You know, like my my last week on 106 was in front of Jay Z. Mm. You know, wow. it was Black Album Day. Wow. Uh, we shared the stage with them, um, uh, with one of the great at that time too, mm-hmm. and still. Mm-hmm. But at that time, Black Album Day, Jay Z's retiring, and I'm like right there with him sharing wow. the stage on my last. I'm wow. like, yo, you can't you can't get better exposure than this. Right. If it's gonna happen, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you know, it's um, huh. yeah, it's just yeah. And time had passed, and and I got to a point to where I was just really kind of like uh, 
just feeling in a funk and just stuck. And I was like, I need to get out of here. I just wasn't myself. And um, I came to, to LA. I visited with a few friends. And um, I was like, man, I got a taste of the weather. And I was like, I'm staying. I'm staying here, dude. <laughs> That's what does it. That's yeah. what did it for me, too. That's I it. was in a Minnesota winter, and I came here and I left a blizzard, you know, and then I got here, and it was 70 degrees and sunny. I'm like, wait, why yeah. do humans live anywhere else uh, right, right. than right here in January? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, yeah, okay. So you got, you love the weather. You yeah. had a couple people you knew out here. Yeah. And then you just, you needed a change. I needed a change. Yeah. Did you have anything set up when you got here? No, nothing. Okay. Um, I, I very much so at that point was in kind of like a dead spot musically. Okay. Um, and, um, you know, I was mostly just doing like some, uh, some odd work, odd, odd in it work here and there and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just to, you know, tie loose ends, but, sure. um, but yeah, no, it was, uh, it was just like, you know, it was just a very weird time, man. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I was starting over, man. I came, I came here. Yeah. And then fresh. So when did you, <laughs> when did the, when did the, so I'm assuming you're still making music, you're yeah, making music course. out here and, Always. uh, and then when did the sync licensing thing start to happen? So, um, so I was still creating, yeah. right. Uh, and, um, I had a session with um, this guy Ricky Luna. Uh, this was like 2000, 2012. Mm-hmm. I had a session with this guy Ricky Luna, um, uh, who I was set up with via uh, a good friend of mine from back home, actually, mm-hmm. uh, Brian Alvarez. And um, he was like, "Yeah, you know, Ricky. Ricky wants to collaborate with a rapper." You're like. This is what he's saying. He's like, you're one of the dopest rappers I know. I don't know if I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> but this is what he said. And sure. and so we went, uh, I went into the session and we made a couple of tracks. And I just, it felt good, man, to be with cats who were, um, who were being successful in music yeah. and who were making dope stuff. And it just felt, I felt more like myself again, mm. creating again here in LA and, and finally finding, uh, finally developing a home here. Mm. You know, to be in a studio was like, you know, even with having work here and just kind of figuring stuff out, I didn't feel grounded here. I was yeah. like, I still felt like I was visiting mm. here. Um, and um, and it was that moment where I got in the studio and I was creating with him regularly that I felt like like I'm developing my foundation here now. Hmm. Um, and so we were working and one of the sessions, um, that he, I was introduced uh, uh, to this producer, uh, uh, Samantha Powell, mm-hmm. uh, she goes by the name of SJ, okay. and um, yeah, they were working on a, a record together, and I was introduced to her, and we became great friends. Uh, we still are friends to this day, all of us. Mm-hmm. And um, and then and then later, maybe like a year or so later, uh, a friend of Samantha's was coming to town. This guy Dan mm-hmm. um, from London, and uh, and Dan was coming to town to work on some tracks uh, for Sony. And he, uh, un, I, I did not know this at the time, but he is just like absolutely a killer in this space. Mm-hmm. And um, and Samantha's like, yeah, you know, hey, um, my friend Dan's coming into town. He wants to kind of like do some more like hip hop stuff or whatever. He needs a guy who understands the the space. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, would you be down to 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 work with him on on some tracks? And I'm like, yeah, I love making music. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Uh, so Dan comes to town, we link up, instant chemistry, like Dan's amazing, one of the best guys that I know, um, and just good peoples, and we get in there and we just, we start banging out tracks. We made like two tracks in the same day, on meeting. 
Is he a is he a rapper also? Is he a producer? No, Dan is a producer. Dan is a Dan is a musician, okay. uh, multifaceted musician. Okay. He he Dan what? Do you know uh, Dan Gautreaux. Gautreaux. Yeah, he um, he actually is. Yeah, he can just he just he's just a fan of music and he just crosses uh, all genres. Cool. And um, he but he hadn't done much hip hop yet. Okay. So this I think this is his very first hip-hop song oh, ever gotcha. All right, cool. as a producer. Yeah. Um, and so we get in, we smash it out. And uh, so, you know, it's like I met Ricky, then Ricky introduced me to Sam. Now we're all friends. And then Sam introduced me to Dan. Now we're all friends. Sure. And okay. we're still Great. all friends. I was actually, yeah. I just talked to Sam yesterday, just yeah. talked to Dan this morning. I mean, yeah, it's like we're all great. friends. That's you know great, what I mean? So. Right. I mean, it's a very LA experience is that's the collaboration, that's the networking that I think a lot of people from outside LA don't realize is how this city works. Is right. Through, I mean, they say it's who you know, but really this is how it becomes who you know is by yeah. the collaboration, the networking, and becoming friends with people. Right. And so it's not as cut and dry as like tit for tat, what are you going to do for me? I'll do something for you kind of thing. Right. It's more about the very collaborative energy and mutual respect Absolutely. where you find your people and then you like working with each other. And so you just kind of keep working and then you introduce one another to other people and, yeah. and it becomes that. So. You're making this track. Is this um, um, is this the one that kind of catches or that you get synced or yeah, how does that so, happen? So my first track with Dan, um, uh, I have no idea what we're doing. I'm just making music. Sure. And maybe like a year later, right? So yeah, like a year. Years. Wow. Right. <laughs> maybe yeah. like a year uh-huh. or so later. Now it's like 2000. I know I'm butchering this timeline, but now it's like 2000. 13 or 14, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, 2014, that's when yeah. the song came out. Yeah. Uh, I'm just sitting in the living room with the homies, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and of course, of course, there was paperwork involved and stuff like that. Like so I, knew, I, I, I knew that coming. I knew that it was going for Sony. Okay. Um, I understood I understood via the terms of the contract that they wanted to exploit the master and stuff like like they I knew that they wanted to be able to use it. Um, what do you mean it was going for Sony? Use it for what? So, like, so are you because you weren't a Sony? I wasn't a Sony artist, artist. and no. neither and neither is he. Okay, uh, but Sony was SJ with them. Not, neither no. is SJ. Okay, so uh, but Dan. <laughs> so Dan. So Dan. Dan basically uh, is an artist that works uh, that works also in library music. Oh, okay. So this was for a library uh, through Extreme. Have you ever heard of Extreme? Yeah, Ex- uh, yeah. They're a music library. They're a music sync licensing music library. Extreme is is Extreme is probably one of the biggest libraries yeah. in the world, and they and they're under Sony ATV. Gotcha. That's so right. um, so the deal went through Extreme Sony, uh, and um, and yeah, and so, um, so and we were in partnership with them mm-hmm. uh, on this track. And uh, I understood that, but again, I just I, I like I knew they wanted to put it out, but I didn't know what was going on. I didn't. Sure. I, it just went to the back of my mind. Yeah. And uh, I'm sitting in the living room with my homies, man. Like, like watching like TV. I don't I don't know what we were watching, but uh, dude, then this um, this trailer for for Big Game comes on, which is like a Samuel L. Jackson movie. Oh yeah. Uh, that came out and. Um, and this, you know, this kid, we're just like chilling, like watching. And this kid like jumps out of a helicopter, lands on the helicopter, and then like Samuel L. Jackson says some like something like badass as he always does. <laughs> right. Yeah, what about you? Know how he right, does? Right. He just like says everything he says badass. Well, this is bad motherfucker. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Something like that. And then yeah. and then next thing you know, I've been having this vision. I'm like, what? The? What? And it didn't it's even. It's your voice popping. It's my through, voice, right. bro. Ooh. It, bro, that moment. 
Like, like I can't explain to you like the the shift of of just chilling with your like just you know I'm yeah. in L. A. Yeah. I'm making I'm making music. It's right. just very that's the flow. You know, we're hanging out. Um, I'm doing some work. You know, mm-hmm. here and there. I'm just living here, just trying to you know what kicking it with the homies mm. and just watching TV and then like hop, hop, hop. it's like wait what the hell is this <laughs> right not knowing what sync is not knowing any wow. of this stuff bro You're that, coming through the TV <laughs> coming through the TV bro <laughs> I was like whoa that was crazy and um and so then you know I got educated on what was happening and what it was mm-hmm. um and um immediately started making more music for the library. <laughs> sure. Wait, so was this, what, what kind of, I'm curious the kind of deal that was. Was this like a, uh, I mean, because trailers can typically pay a lot. Was yeah. it, were you getting paid from this? I Absolutely, mean, was, 100%. Okay. Um, Dan, Dan. And what are we talking for these kinds of, for this one? Can, well, you, can you share? Or what we, I can say is this. What I can say is this. 10,000, 50,000, 100,000. What I can, well, it depends on the 2, use. 2,000, right. <laughs> Just blink twice if I'm close. Anywhere between $1 and $1 billion. Uh-huh, uh-huh. No, but what I can say is this, is yeah. that, you know, is that for um, for a trailer, for a for a movie, yes. um, you can be looking at anywhere between, hmm, you can be looking at anywhere between, Twenty thousand aside, so that's on your okay. master side and your publishing side. So forty thousand all in. Forty thousand all so, in, right. uh, with options depending on the use. Okay, and how that you know if it, if they want to go digital with it, if yep. it's just theatrical, um, you know if they want to run it on television, and then for how long on television? Yep. Like all these things affect your rates, mm. uh, and those are called options. Mm-hmm. So your base your base rate will be like the twenty thousand aside, and mm-hmm. then your options may be da 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 da. And what's happening now is that um, a lot of deals may um, may come without options and may just go all in throughout the world in perpetuity. Sure. Simply because now they're under they're kind of it used to be Wild West with digital. How do right. we run this on YouTube? Right. How do we run this on? We can't. If we put it on YouTube, it's there forever. We can't pay you know ten thousand dollars a week forever. Right. Right, right. So we need to, you know, so now they're starting to kind of like fix those terms and those mm. are becoming more. So it's very much so um, changing uh, under our feet. I mean, so that must have been your biggest payday to date. Well, right? um, no. No. Damn. All <laughs> no, right. Absolutely well, not. All right. All right. <laughs> no, but you, you know what's big? Uh, gaming. Uh, were you doing gaming before that? No, 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 no. Oh, but okay. I, what I'm saying is, is no, just not, in general, not gaming, sinking, yeah, sinking right, right, right. yeah. for um, for any marketing for games right. or uh, for uh, automotive. So or what any are those kind of products for for game for gaming for games? Man, you can see anywhere again between um, ten thousand aside mm-hmm. to, I mean, depending on who you are, right? Mm-hmm. But I, I guess I guess primarily speaking to the independent artist, sure. Um, 70, wow. 80 aside. Aside? Yeah. So for people who understand what aside means is uh, each side, typically you split it in half and there's the master, yeah. and then, which is sound recording, and then there's the publishing side. So when we say aside, it's, um, you know, if you're saying $70,000 aside at $70,000 for publishing, $70,000 for master. Right. Typically a label will own the master. If you're an independent artist, you own your master. Yeah. And then typically a publishing company owns the publishing or right. if you're an independent songwriter you have your own publishing so that's how they that's why they break it down aside and it's typically 50 50 right percent yeah. like aside it's like typically it's equal the master and the and the publishing oh yeah absolutely right. well the master and the publishing is is uh is is just doubled 
mm-hmm. or you'll sometimes go MF, uh, MFN with uh, publishing. Most favored nations, exactly. right, which yeah. it means if, if the label negotiates $100,000, then right. the publishing will also, it'll it'll link up to $100,000. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, um, okay. So you get that first Samuel L. Jackson movie sync, and yeah. then so how do you decide? It's like okay, I want. So did you have this extreme connection, and that's you started making more music for that library? Yeah, well, well, my deal with um, with Extreme was through Dan because Dan mm. very much so was you know he had a home there, and that mm-hmm. was um, you know he was one of their like star players. Yeah. So wow. uh, any music I did together with him would then go on Extreme, and we started mm-hmm. working on these volumes together in partnership with Extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which is unique because usually they do uh, full buyouts. I think that's all they do now. Um, which mm-hmm. a buyout is means they buy, they own your master and they own your publishing, but they'll let you participate in the funds. So, so for example, you might, you might, um, you might participate, and participation, participation basically means you still get paid your percentage, hmm. but the but the ownership language is different. You don't actually own it. So you can't really release the song on your own? No, you can't release it or anything like that. Yeah. Gotcha. So they own it, they represent it, but uh, you still get... You still uh, participate. Right. In- Do they pay you like an advance or do they pay you work for hire to own that or what is the deal um, here? well typically with a if a company wants to if a company wants to buy you out uh-huh. um then yeah then they should definitely pay you a uh, a fee or a leverage something some kind of value in order to to uh to attain that ownership and uh does extreme are they taking what's the commission that they're that they're taking that uh commission in terms of what they're paying artists to own their stuff no uh well that too but i'm, I'm curious about that but more so like if they get uh let's say seventy thousand dollars yeah. aside yeah. uh what are they taking from that and what gets um, passed through to well the extreme owners? extreme is um that that's going to vary depending depending on your deal with extreme okay um you know if you have a really really good situation let's say you've been working with them for for a long time uh-huh. and you have a, a partnership with them sure and then you're looking at 50 50 okay um you know but you may not depending on what you're bringing to the table who you are how you existing in this space when you do the deal mm-hmm. that that percentage may come down mm-hmm. but um but you know, I would like if a person is getting like 20, 20 80 or 30, 70 um, in, in favor for extreme, but they're a brand new artist. Um, that's something I would I I wouldn't do it. But right. uh, I've I'm never just, heard of something that high. Yeah, I'm just I, saying. I, I would, I just, yeah, I mostly hear between uh, 20 to 50 percent is like pretty standard, I would say, in favor yeah. of the artist always. Yeah. So like the, the highest I've ever seen a sync licensing company take is 50 50 i mean if they're taking right. more oh no 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 no, no. Uh, yeah that, that's a big red flag i don't think i would do that but so what we're, we're not talking about sync sync licensing companies though mm. what we're talking about is music libraries and okay, so explain the difference between a music library and a sync license so company. a music a music library is interested in owning uh, a catalog of music uh one stop so that they can go and then you know sync and license that music you know uh, a million times, right? Okay. Um, a sync. Uh, it, so they're they're basically a label, right? Okay. Uh, they they are, they're interested in having ownership in the master and having ownership in the publishing, either either equally mm-hmm. or um, or one hundred percent, depending on what your deal is with them. Sure. Right. And then what a sync licensing company 
uh, is doing is basically representing your music uh, to sync your music and projects, but you retain ownership. So, so those deals, those deals, I think the most I've ever seen for a sync licensing company is 50-50. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that can be very, very uh, common, but also uh, anywhere between 20% and 50% for sync licensing. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. Sure. So, and then for music libraries, what are those percentages looking um, like? Music, again, uh, it can they be anywhere from 50% or, yeah. to, um, not 100%, okay. but sure. it can be anywhere between 50% to you know, 70 or 80%. In favor of the library. In favor of the library. But they're also paying you, too, up front. Got they're giving it. you money and then also allowing you to participate on back-end royalties and also the sync fees and stuff like that. Is that an advance they're giving you, or is it just paying you for the song? Is it against what it makes on, on syncs? It can it can sometimes be an advance, yeah. and it can sometimes be non-recoup. Oh, okay. So okay. it it really all of these all of these things vary. These are the different elements that you're dealing with when you're doing these deals. So how long were you working with Extreme as a um, music library? So I worked with Extreme for I gave them like 20 songs over the course of like four or five years. Okay. And the reason why I did that is because Extreme. Um, so there's so there's a couple there's a couple things you can you can. I, let me let me finish my statement. I yes. guess first before I because I, I I can get really confused and like really quick. Okay. But um but so for over over the case over the over the course of several years, I gave them uh, a handful of songs and um and I allow that to basically run underneath me as my foundation while I do direct sync and licensing. Cool. Um so the, so. My interest in doing that with Sony is that Sony has the resources and they have the client base to sync this music multiple times. Mm -hmm. So my first, so I'll give you an example. My first song, um, at the risk of like killing the value of this song, right? Because it's kind of an unspoken thing, right? It's yeah. a piece of music that that people are using in their art to 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 lift their picture. So mm -hmm. you don't want to you don't want to say, oh, this song has been out a billion times, because right. then a person's gonna look at that song and say, oh, we don't want the song that's been out a billion times. Right. Um, but I have I have my first song that that I made with Dan all mm -hmm. those years ago. That song's on TV today in five places. Wow. Yeah, like uh, that song has. A lot of syncs. And you get paid for every sync still? 100%. Great, good. I better. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are yeah. you kidding me? That's like, well, good. Well, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they would uh, buy it out, right? Yeah. Some, <laughs> um, right. Sometimes they would do buyout, but yeah. I've never seen a buyout where you don't get paid still, where yeah. you don't retain some kind of um, okay. some revenue value. But uh, my deal with them is, again, on that spectrum that I had, at, that I had mentioned, my deal with them is a really good deal because Dan helped basically build extreme music mm. with Russell Emanuel. I mean, he's like, he's one of their first like artists. Like mm -hmm. he's like, Dan is, yeah, Dan is crazy. Yeah. So, so, okay. So you, you got kind of grandfathered into the deal that I Dan got grandfathered had, into his nice. deal, which is a great deal. Yeah. Right. Okay. Real quick, I want to let you know about DistroKid. Well, I'm sure you already know about DistroKid, but they are partners with Ari's Take, and they are a great company that can help get your music distributed to Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, all of that. Over a million artists use DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I have distributed some of my music in the past. And something I appreciate about DistroKid as not just an artist, but someone who studies this space is they have been one of the most innovative companies over the last 10 years. They came in and completely changed the game 
one of the first companies offering unlimited uploads. And now most of the other distributors have had to change their policies to kind of copy and follow suit uh, what DistroKid was doing. And the industry had changed, of course. DistroKid doesn't keep a commission. That means you keep 100% of your royalties and earnings from the DSPs. They also offer payment splitting. They call it splits, something that... For me, at this point, is a deal breaker. I don't want to have to cut checks to all my collaborators and the producers and everybody else that is owed royalties and owed splits from my earnings. DistroKid will cut those checks directly. You can get them to uh, your collaborators to sign up, and then DistroKid will cut all the checks to all your collaborators. And they were one of the first to offer that of the DIY self-service distributors. DistroKid continues to innovate. Check them out. If you need to get your music out there, DistroKid.com. Yeah. Um, but so in, with your understanding how music libraries work, is there a scenario where they would just pay you five grand, own your song outright, and then exploit it as much as they want and you never get paid again? Or is that not how music libraries work? Do they always pay you something for every sync? So, so you'll, you'll always, by law, you should always, um, you should always see revenue through your society for writing the song. Your PRO, ASCAP, your PRO. BMI, CSAC, something like that, right? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Um, there are scenarios where they'll, they'll cut you a check for X amount of dollars and exclude you from um, any like mechanicals or any other, f- any other royalties that mm-hmm. come outside of your writers. So a lot of- but that's just back-end stuff. I mean, the big, big money is in the front end, which right. is like the, the $100,000 so or whatever. Exactly. You know? So you may, you may see deals where they, where they cut you a check and exclude you from that money. Um, from the front end or the back the, end? From the front end. From oh. the front end. But never from the back end. Right. You're, so you yeah. can't do that. So you always you can't legally you'll do get that. some of those royalties. But I mean the front end is where the big money is typically. Like you're saying seventy thousand dollars aside, twenty thousand dollars aside. But my friend also Yes. Tell me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, there's big money in the back end. There's crazy do money. Tell. Yeah. So what I mean what I'm saying is is like via a, let's say, okay, so let me just speak in terms of like the, the independent artist who's yes. just starting with a, a library. Yes. I'm a library. I'm going to offer you a platform to um, to sync your music and a ton of stuff. Let's say I'm a library that, that has like lower, um, that sells my product at lower fees so that I can do more volume, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not pulling 70000 I'm pulling like maybe 10000 whereas an, an independent company would pull 7000 mm-hmm. 70000 uh, or like I'm doing like a lot of like reality shows and stuff like that uh, that have lower budgets. Um, great shows, but they sure. just they just don't have the budget sure. and they need great music. So yes. they're going to come to our library because we're known for giving great music at a lower cost. Yep. Um, what that allows uh, the company to do is to do a ton of volume, a yes. lot more volume than let's say some of some of my compositions, which um, you know are going to be more special, unique, and typically used one time or two times for a project because yep. um, my price point is higher. Yes. Uh, so what's happening now is that you're working with this music library, which is separate from direct sync and licensing. Yes. And this music library, although they're, they're owning your music and stuff like that, they're syncing it in a million places. Mm-hmm. So that means when you get your, your PRO statement for your writers, mm. you have one million placements. <laughs> right, you dig right. what I mean? Yes. And a placement on television can go anywhere from one play equaling 
one play of your song equaling two hundred dollars yeah. to you know a dollar, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, we're talking that stuff like really adds up. Gotcha. Okay. Like I know I know some people. Let me put it to you like this. Yeah. I know some people who have only done uh, music libraries, mm-hmm. like um, uh, music libraries that are operating in that vein. Yeah. I know some people who have only done music libraries over the course of the past, like you know, ten years, mm-hmm. and they 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 make seven figures a year fam. holy shit that's they like they live off of their they just live the off of their royalties yeah. just the PR royalties fam, fam it's crazy they wow. live off of their PR and and the beautiful thing about music libraries is that it never they are always pushing that music so it never goes it never stops whereas like let's say you put a um uh, a song out on the on let's say you wrote something on um uh, the new hot pop star who mm-hmm. came out. That's amazing. That's great. Congratulations. But that song, you can't sync. You can't sync uh, Rihanna's umbrella mm-hmm. to a new video game. Right. They right. need a new song. Right. They need a song unheard of. Something mm-hmm. that people. Something unique. So that's the thing that happens with with royalties on. I feel like on that on on that artist facing uh, or consumer facing mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but with music libraries it's like this and then it just goes and it falls a little bit falls a little bit because these songs are typically by unknown artists mm-hmm. and so they're not as recognizable they're, not they're recognizable. there to kind of uh in uh, to fit the the mood of the scene right these are typically like you said reality shows that kind of stuff right um now that's music library stuff music library yeah stuff, and they're right. going to they're going to sync you they're going to sink you in a thousand TV shows, which means a lot of money on your PRO, on your yeah. back end. Music libraries is how you kill it on your ASCAP BMI. Mm-hmm. That's how you get that bread and forever. Gotcha. And so, but they're not making much, if anything, on the front end because often the average the average artist is not. The right. average artist is is taking um, taking a buyout fee, which is okay. Take that buyout fee. And give these people a lot of music, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And, and watch, and you know, in, in about a year or year, a year and a half, because it takes time. Mm-hmm. In a lot of territories, it takes longer than that mm-hmm. uh, internationally. In about a year, year and a half, you'll start your your journey of uh, collecting regular royalty checks. Gotcha. Like my, I know how much I make. When I tell people what I make, I always I always tell them based on my average uh, upfront sync stuff on my direct stuff, mm-hmm. and also. On what I expect via my PRO, like I know how much money I'm gonna get every quarter. It's always wow. consistent. Really? Yeah. It's all. It's it's pretty much always consistent. It fluctuates maybe two or three percent at most, up and down. Because you have so many songs in rotation right now on various shows, right? And like because with, yeah, the library via stuff. music libraries. Music yeah. libraries is, are, are what's doing that. So are you still actively making music for libraries, or did you transition to working directly? Uh, do you have a sync licensing company right now that you're working yeah. with? Yeah, so I'm working with um, I'm working with the sync licensing company at the moment for direct uh, sync and licensing. Mm-hmm. But before that, uh, over the past years, even when I started with the music, I'm not making any more music library stuff. Okay, not because it's not great, because it is. Sure, um, but it just doesn't fit in my business model right now. It's uh, I, I'm focused on other things and my goals are different. Okay, uh, but. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been sinking myself independently up until last year. And what do you mean sinking yourself independently? Like you're going to music supervisors and ad agencies directly. Hi, I'm Vo. What's going on? Absolutely. Do you want this Absolutely. music? Absolutely. How did you figure out who to... How, that's right, what let's you, talk that's about what you that. really need to that's know. What, <laughs> this, all right. Now we're going to get into it. Uh, all right. So how did that happen and what's that process like? Music libraries. Okay. So 
So, um, so Sony put me everywhere. Yes. Uh, I, man, I wish I could tell you. Okay, let me put it to you like this. Some of the songs that I have um, with Sony mm-hmm. have synced 800 times. No shit. 800 times. <laughs> yeah. So Sony Extreme, the music library, right? And then... Uh, Sony Extreme, uh, I have a couple of different libraries that I gave okay. music to um, mm-hmm. just because we were able to work out a deal that makes sense. I personally wouldn't do a buyout. That's just not... But um, if they offer you, if they offer you a buyout and you're an independent artist and you're trying to get your start, you should do that. Me personally, I don't have to do that and they understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, what I do is very rare, right? Mm-hmm. So... Um, it's very difficult to find what I do. So I'm able to negotiate a little bit differently than, than other genres and other artists. I'm uh, really curious what you're pulling out on your phone I'm, right yo, now. Yo, I'm, I'm like, I'm, this this is like just, I can't even focus on what you're saying. I'm like, be, this is about to be my mind blowing right this? now. What are you, what are you, what are we going fam, for? Here? I got to show you this. Yeah, please. <laughs> fam, I start. So just for like, like shits and giggles, uh-huh. these are, I, I started building a list of brands that I've worked with. Oh, uh, okay. These are just the brands. This is not the amount of times I've synced with each brand, right? So, so these are through the music library. They would get you synced. No, with this these isn't brands. just. This isn't just through the music library, okay. but this including the music library. Got it. Right. Yeah. Um, fam, just keep this on a low, right? Oh, just so we're keep not gonna the, show the camera. No, we're not gonna show the camera. Okay. But check okay. this out, fam. Check this Woo! out. Bro. Wow, we're in paragraph format here. Okay. With li- oh my gosh, fam. Well, this is now way past 100. That's incredible. I I just started this. It's probably going to take me like another month or so. These are just brands. That's just brands. That's not not how many times per brand. So so I've been on on MTV Ghosted, right, for example, uh, five times, right? And so that's just, you know. So this includes all the networks, but also like brands, uh, like advertisers, yeah, ad- commercial brands, that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, brands. Film are, studios. Well, no, 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 not studios. Okay. So what we're talking about is like TV shows, okay. brands like Nike, yep. Adidas, stuff like that. So, okay. So let's, let's talk about how you went direct to yeah. any of these brands or anyone to get your music synced when you, uh, so you had your music with Extreme, you had your music with Sony, they were yeah. placing you a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Then how did you go independent? So basically what was happening was this, is that I discovered that there was no hip hop in this space. Yeah. There was nobody doing what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and if there were, it was such a small number globally that it just was like, there's, now I recognize there's maybe like 10 of us like mm. really doing it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like if I lose a sink, I know the guy. Wow. It's like that. Okay. Like, if I lose a sync, I know who he is. Because you're creating music that's at a level that competes sonically and uh, just just professionally with the the music on the charts, but you're not a household name. Like, if they wanted to get, uh, you know, if they wanted to get a... Uh, like a, a chance song or something like that. Yeah. That's going to cost them a million dollars. Right. It's like, or we can get a Vo song that's going to cost us a hundred thousand or something or fifty thousand or whatever. Right. Well, no. Tell well, me. if you, so it's it's not nothing is black and white. Sure. But that sure that can be a possibility. Okay. Um. So you, how do you know the guy? Because there's a there's a lot of well known artists that yeah. are getting their songs sing sometimes. Absolutely. But you're saying in the camp that you're in. What does that mean? What 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 I mean is that the the product doesn't exist. I'm not I'm not necessarily talking about 
um, music supervisors looking to replace Kanye and they get me. Yeah. I'm talking about Kanye doesn't make the music that I make. Like okay. nobody, like you, you, my music, if you play my music right now next yeah. to what's on the charts, yeah. it, it does not sound the same. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you're making more cinematic. I'm making cinematic hip hop. Okay. So and that's the, that's that's the differentiator. The difference. And it. that's what's needed. Got you, it. So the thing about hip hop, the thing about hip hop is that, um, and you know, I'm going to be talking a little bit about this uh, more as I like seek to share more value, like that may be a book or like something mm -hmm. like, I don't know how I'm going to do it yet, but, um, we'll one talk thing, after I know. How yeah. You yeah. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know how to do that. <laughs> we'll oh, we'll make this happen. Yeah, please. Yeah, all right. So, so for example, uh, for example, hip hop, um, has always existed and people have always tried to incorporate hip hop in cinema. Mm -hmm. Um, for as long as hip hop has been around, right? Like I said, oh, the name of that movie is Malibu's Most Wanted. Okay. The song, <laughs> the the song is rated R in here tonight. Gotcha. All right. Came and in. I'm on that album. You can check out the album. Dope. Um. Anyway, so yeah. So look, look. That guy wasn't making cinematic hip hop, but he was syncing hip hop before mm. I had years before I ever started doing this, mm. right? So hip hop has always been syncing, but mm -hmm. but what filmmakers what filmmakers are starting to realize is that hip hop is often hip hop as it exists on the radio is not a, usually an emotion and when you when we're working when we're working to lift picture mm -hmm. we have to create music that feels very vividly like something what mm -hmm. hip hop what hip hop fulfills is cool Hip hop is the feeling and the vibe for a lot of most hip hop on the radio is cool. Mm -hmm. And cool is not an emotion. Mm. You dig what I mean? An emotion is sadness, happiness, uh, rage. Mm. These are these are tone, these are colors. Got it. You know, you it, it, trap drums and like trap drums and just like some and some dope lyrics. That's yeah, that's that makes you feel like you're also a very cool person when you listen to sure. it, which is why I think people love hip hop. But that's how does that lift picture after Will Smith is just like you know like blown up a building like you right. like yeah that it could work, but what works better is Bo Williams. So, <laughs> you know right, 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 sure. <laughs> you know but when I mean? but when you go into studio when you're making music now, do you think that way? Are you is this how you're creating? You saying okay, well, let's make uh, a song that feels. The way that when Will Smith blows up a building, this song could play. Is, yeah. this, is this part of the creation process that's now? Al that's always an afterthought, right? As as musicians, we always have that. We always have that moment after we create something we love. We start, you know, we look at everybody in the room. We like, oh man, and this is, uh, you know, even yeah, if yeah, you just yeah. make it like, oh my god, Rihanna would kill right, this, or right. like, yeah, we always sure. do that after we make something we love. Okay, um, but I I very rarely go into a session with that. That's just this. The way that I make music is just authentic to how. I make music. Uh, what what has happened is is like like I said, man. Mm -hmm. When I was a, a just a little a young guy, uh, I was listening to like Metallica, like uh, Michael Jackson, like and watching these videos of like you know Metallica like playing in front of like you know a hundred thousand mm -hmm. people and that music being so big that it reached all the way to the back. Mm. And so and you know, so. When I started to create hip hop, I always wanted to make 
the kind of hip hop that had that kind of size, mm. that kind of space to it, because this this is what I grew up loving. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I've always thought in terms of like a, a rapper, but also um, you know through rock, which is very great live. Mm-hmm. So um, so it's just my my natural voice to be to have size and what size does is it translates to picture so you're saying that the authentic music that you've always made yeah. or wanted to make and been making just naturally fits better uh in picture being in yeah. the sync lane yeah than than the the hip-hop songs that you were seeing on the radio or on the charts absolutely um and so you found this home with with the sync world because they keep coming back to your songs because it just fits so well because it fits well yeah can you so i love that that there's the an emotion and that you want to make it big can you get more specific about why it works well like let's talk production what about the production works well in in uh in picture Mm, well it depends on it depends on what you're syncing for okay right Again, there's so many like small details in this space, right? Sure. There's um, there's in context television, there's trailers, uh-huh. uh, there's video games, uh-huh. there's all these different applications for your music that will um, make your song either either uh, better or worse for the application. Mm. So let's say, for example, trailer, right? Um, the music that I make for trailer, mm-hmm. uh, I I probably won't fit very well for in context, like on on Empire. Okay. You know what I mean? Because sure. it's it's um it's dramatic, it's it's got so much size to it uh. that you you almost need it to be um it's just too much for mm. it to run like sound effects and dialogue over. Gotcha. Do you, you dig what I mean? Sure. So yeah, trailers usually have a lot of twists and turns, big Indeed. moments with uh, the the title comes on and then the the actor like shoots the dude in the face and, and you know right. and quick cuts and so there's a lot of movement that's happening there. Right. And could you imagine like watching like Seinfeld and then next right. thing you hear is like that Hans Zimmer. <laughs> <"Bah!"> right. <laughs> oh, yeah, but then so I did a dum, dum, dum. Right, right. like it just doesn't. So there's there's very many there's there's a lot of different. Things that go into it. Sure. There's things that you that you there's sensibilities that you develop uh, working in the space and understanding the different applications and how to create a toolbox for editors. So so that's interesting because you do have music in TV shows and in trailers yeah. and in film and in video games and in video games. Yeah. So when you're uh, you just naturally create the kind of music that works in these in uh, in each of these mediums in these forms, or right. are you saying I want to make a song for that's going to work in a trailer right now? So let's add these twists and turns in these epic moments, yeah. and then I'm going to create a song that's going to fit more on a TV show or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I think now it's just kind of second nature. Okay, um, to where we're like. We're always incorporating some of that into what we're doing. We're incorporating the direction for where we want it to go mm-hmm. uh, into the creative process. So it's not none of it is very none of it is like luck. Like we're not going in and saying like, oh, we, this is what we love to do, and it's like a trailer song. You know, sure. uh, we very much so are thinking about trailers yes. uh, and incorporating those uh, sensibilities. But it just happens to also be what we love to do. You know, it's, okay. it's, like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just like crazy. Yeah. So it's like it, you know, I do a, I collaborate a lot. Okay. So I might collaborate with somebody who whose natural voice, um, uh, you know, or production or whatever is going to be great for a song for us to sync for in context. Mm. I may I may work with somebody else who's going to produce something 
um, that is going to be great for something with trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I kind of just adapt to that moment. But mm. yeah, you do have to know the differences between between what works. It, it, it pays off to know. And sure. lyrically, uh, have you found uh, certain certain themes or topics um, that work better for sync and things that maybe as you've evolved and, and figured this out that you've kind of strayed away from? Are there certain mm. topics that you don't really talk about as much anymore or yeah. what lyrically where do you lie with this stuff well lyrically um this is like super important man because yeah. you know if you are writing um hip-hop or anything else you do kind of want to keep things clean mm. um that's just going to open you up for more opportunity sure um but it's also a great practice to be able to express yourself without with more words sure. with higher value higher quality words anyways mm-hmm. but um so it was actually harder to to write clean than it was easier. Um, subject matter wise, um, really, there's no there's no subject that doesn't sink because all stories are being told uh, all the time. And you might have you might write that that song where somebody might say, "Don't be specific." Mm-hmm. You might write that specific song that is perfect for this, you know, for this movie. I mean, like maybe it's not something that you want to do, like. To where it's like you want you don't want to write something that's like titled Terminator for Terminator, right? Right, right. But um, but you know you might have something that's so specific to you, but that also is speaks to these characters in such a profound way that you are the only person they can use for it. You see sure. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I yeah. But I have heard a lot. Don't be specific in the sense that if right. you're talking about walking down. Uh, Sunset Boulevard, but yeah. they're actually in New York. They right. can't really use that if you keep saying, and then I'm on Sunset, and then Sunset Boulevard's doing this, and now we're turning left onto Hollywood, and now we're on you know, or whatever. <laughs> and it's kind of like... Yeah. That, that's how I got here. That's crazy. You're, you're right. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but... Yeah, of course. Of course. So, But but in the instance to where that movie comes out that's based in Hollywood okay. on Sunset... Mm. Maybe they'll they'll go for that. Are you kidding me? Yeah, all right. Because the thing is, is like you know, you're talking about being on Sunset Boulevard, um, you know, which sounds wow, that sounds beautiful actually. Right. <laughs> God, I left my dreams on Sunset Boulevard. There we like, go. That's crazy, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, um, I want ten percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, is like that song that it's debatable, right? Because yeah. that song in a movie about Hollywood, a movie that takes place and is about is about coming to Hollywood and and a coming of a coming of age movie based in Hollywood mm-hmm. that song is going to do better than just a song about dreams mm. you know if you have those two songs it's like yeah i'm going to choose the one where a person is dreaming on hollywood right. over like oh the dream song you yeah, know what i mean yeah, yeah. unless the dream song is way better yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what sure. i mean it's just yeah, like yeah, better yeah. written totally. so it so it's debatable um okay. i think that if you want to open yourself up to more op- more opportunities mm-hmm. lyrically you want to try to keep things um universal yes as universal as you possibly can Got it. um and you know what comes with what comes with being universal is also timelessness mm-hmm. so you'll have music that you made in 2014 that is on tv and to 2020. So we're not saying I got my AirPods in and I'm going down with my Apple Watch or whatever because like right. that's very timely to right now, but in five right. years that's going to be outdated because they're not going to have AirPods in five years. It's going to be something else. Exactly. Right. I would I would stray away from... Don't call it, it TikTok would, right now even though it's hot. Right. in three years it's not going to exist. <laughs> yeah, definitely definitely, I would stray away from, from any products, um, mm-hmm. uh, especially if you want to open up for product because you can't mm. talk about... You know, you can't talk about AirPods and then sync for um, 
you know, a, a Galaxy phone, you know? Right, right. So right. it's like, you know, you can't talk <laughs> about, but not to be confusing, if you're, if you have established a brand uh, equity high enough, you can do whatever you want, to be honest with you. Okay. But that's, but, you know, if you're, if you're looking to survive in this space and really compete, you want to try to keep things vague. But yeah. I did hear a Batman reference on the, uh, on the Black Panther soundtrack. Huh. Just, yeah, that's interesting. But if you're Kendrick Lamar, <laughs> right, and you do whatever you want. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So okay, so that I mean that's super helpful uh, with the lyric themes, the production style. But uh, I, I still want to get back to how you did this independently. Right. So you had this music library stuff popping. Yeah. You know, like this is working. Then what did you do to to take this in your own hands and start to do this on your own? So so. The music, so Extreme uh, started to, they did really well with syncing me um, in a ton of really interesting projects. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there, I identified that this kind of music didn't really exist. Mm. And I just reached, I just did like cold calls, man. Like, hey, what's up? You know, we already work together, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, would you like to hear more of my stuff? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, and that's that's an easier call, I think, to make than... Hey, I'm a musician. I got some stuff. Check it out. Love it. I'm like, yo, I love, I loved how you use my song in this scene. I'm that guy. Let me send you four more. So you were know? you were you researching because they were doing the the deal. So those they weren't were your deal. connections. Mm-mm. So you were researching who's the music supervisor on this one show that yeah. they placed my song on. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, and then you would find their contact information. Yeah, reach what, out to them. Email. What were you doing? Instagram, uh, email. Twitter, email, Instagram. Everything that you can do, really, so, yeah. And you know what? I met man. I I was never that social of a person before. Yeah. But I met some of like my best friends this way, man. Mm-hmm. Like these people. These are people. I I gotta say, everybody that I spoke to then, I still kick it with now. All right. Like That's it's like it's like yeah. we're like like it's dope. It's just like it's a lot of really cool cats out here running this business, man. Yeah. It's yeah. like a lot of dope young people who love what. Yes. We all love the same thing, music. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, and we just vibe, and we're, and we're um, we got a dog here. So yeah, can you, can, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No, so it's a lot of cool cast. I mean, you'd be surprised. Just just email people. Yeah. Um, you know, I wouldn't be annoying about it or anything like that. But, right. But yeah, definitely reach out to people and and get your music out there, mm-hmm. because you know they're in the business of uh, they're in the business of syncing great music to to film. So. Mm-hmm. If you have that song, then I mean, you do them a great service by sending it to them. I mean, that's yes, that's a great sentiment, and uh, I I think you know the fact that you're in initially was you've already placed my music in the past. uh, That you know that was an in. What would you recommend to artists who don't have that history? With, I mean, yes, we all like to think that our music works perfectly on every show and on everything. Yeah. Uh, What advice would you give to people? Who don't have that history, yeah. didn't work with Extreme, but do believe that their music would work uh, in sync. Where do they start? Where do they begin? And then how do they go about that? What's the process? Okay, so um, I hope that no music supervisors shoot me in the forehead for saying <laughs> but, um But, you know, this is, this is a, a process that I think if you take enough time to figure it out, you'll figure it out anyways. So I'm not really revealing anything that sure. is. Uh, I'm just helping people get to the to the puzzle pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, go to IMDb Pro mm-hmm. or IMDb. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at the projects that you think your music works for. Let's say you were you created a song and you were watching uh, 
uh, I don't know, name some TV show that you like. Uh, Euphoria. You're watching Euphoria. Oh, wow. That's a good one. Yeah. Jen Malone's on that one. Jen Malone, right. Dude, Jen yeah. Malone. Is, She's going to come on the show. Is she really? Yeah, yeah. Yo, say say what's up. I will. Me, I will. <laughs> yeah, Jen Malone is dope. I actually yeah. really look up to her. She's a super inspirational woman. Yeah. Um, which, you know, there's a lot of lot of dope ladies running this business, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and there's and more are coming. Um, she's one of them. She's a boss. Yep. Anyways, um, yeah, well, Euphoria. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you can get Jen's attention, then you're good money. Because okay. Jen is like, dude, she picks the best. I mean, she's insane. Yeah. Um, she picks the best music. But um, okay, Jen Malone. God, don't do this to Jen, though. I... <laughs> <laughs> oh, should we pick a different one? What's a show that does, isn't run by a... Uh, I mean... I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe Jen. Maybe Jen does. I don't. I don't want to speak on her behalf. Maybe she does uh, appreciate getting emails from artists. But um, you know, let's say for example, you you look up the show and you you find on IMDb Pro or IMDb that mm-hmm. the music supervisor is this person. Mm-hmm. You find their contact. Um, then what you want to do is make sure that your presentation is tight, right? Um, what does your, that mean? Your presentation means uh, that your song, your you, first of all, you need WAV files, right? Um, there's there are there are host sites where you can basically upload all of your music, the lyrics, the contact information, like all that disco? stuff. What do you use? Like disco. I, disco. I use disco a okay. lot. Um, and you want to also make sure that your metadata is tight inside of your inside of your actual file, right? So that's who do I contact mm. for this? Who's writing on this? Every single writer on it. Mm. Who do I? Who is? I need to know the master side and the publishing side mm-hmm. of each writer for contact. So if you are assigned to a publishing deal, send me that person's email, and then if you own your master, send me your email. Mm. One writer. Mm-hmm. Writer two is independent, one hundred percent. I need his email. Mm-hmm. Uh, writer three is is on a label and published. I need who do I clear for master at the label? Mm. I need who do I clear for master at the publishing? Because if I love the song, um, I may only have an afternoon to clear this thing. And I need everybody's information right there for who I can reach. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's a nightmare because I'm calling you and then then you got to find him. And then... So don't make a pitch until you have all of that information squared away. Have your stuff squared away. Be on point with it. Not Not only will it probably... Um, help you get the sync, mm-hmm. uh, but it'll also put you in good favor with these people, man. Because they get it's you know I've seen some of the stuff music supervisors get, man. It's a shit, it's a shit show, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean just just make things easier for yourself and for them to to you're a business. So what's the uh, all right? So so you you pick a show that you think your music would fit well on yeah. because you watch the show and you're like you know what I make music similar to the music they use on the show. Indeed. And then you go into IMDb, you find the music supervisor, you find their contact email somewhere. Right. What is the subject line? Interesting. Um, I would I would say, hmm, that's actually very interesting. Because you know they're getting thousand emails a day. Why would they open this email from somebody they don't know? I have your mother locked in the basement. <laughs> and then that'll get open. <laughs> um, no, I mean you don't want to say that, but no, you know, I, mean, I would of say course, of course. Oh my god, this is no. That's a very interesting question, right? Because right. that's the million dollar question. How do right. I get somebody? How do I get somebody who's on the phone with with Kanye West uh, and and trying to find the rights for? 
Smokey Robinson to open my email. So your in was uh, you've placed my music in the past. Right. Uh, I think you'd like some of this new stuff. Now, somebody else, what I've heard, now tell me what you think about this. This yeah. is what supervisors have told me in the past. Uh, if you put a subject line, sounds like Coldplay mm. or something like, if they're in need of a Coldplay song, right. Coldplay replacement yeah. or something like that, or like, you know. That's smart. Then that's like, a good oh, I'm going to open this because like, I do need a Coldplay replacement. I yeah. need something that sounds like Coldplay or something like that. Right. Um, or maybe, maybe an idea is if you're watching that show, um, you could say sounds like an artist they placed last week on last episode. So right. they know that you've been doing your research and your homework. Mm. Or you can put that artist's name in the subject line. And mm. that'll get them like, oh, well, I did just place this artist. Absolutely. It's not a well-known artist. Why are they contacting me about this artist? I love this artist. I just placed her last week. Yeah. Then they open the email. And then you say, um, you know, I love the show. You do such a great job with the music. Maybe open with a compliment. Right. Say, you place this artist who I discovered through the show. Yeah. Thank you for turning me on to this artist. My song is actually very similar in line with this okay. artist, and maybe that will get your your email read and listened to and opened, right? Absolutely, yeah. Okay. I think I think that those are I mean, bro. You gotta write my emails. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I will pay you top dollar. Yeah, to write right. my, I am horrible at that, but no, yeah. those yeah, th these are all things that you can do. I think for me, what was unique about my situation was that um, you know I had this like very small like window that I can kind of crack open a little bit. Yep. Um, you know, reaching music supervisors is, is definitely one way to do it for sure. And, and you should, uh, and also sync licensing companies yes. because they have the relationships with these people. Uh, uh, they're already established with them. There are a lot of them are working on shows themselves, and mm. they have music supervisors inside of their companies. Mm. Um, so you know, that may even also be a uh, kind of like a, a, a an easier avenue. So have well. you worked? Uh, well, you, so you said you were doing this on your own independently for a few years, but right? Recently, you've joined with a sync licensing company. Just recently, and I, and I would say that if you don't if you don't have um, because I very much so was just kind of like hustling. The angle that I had, and mm -hmm. I also didn't even know about sync licensing companies. Okay, <laughs> so I just was doing this stuff independently, and I got so good at it that it mm -hmm. was like, why, why am I giving anybody a percent? I already know these people sure. that you're a sync that you're sending the music to. Yep. Um. Uh. But um. But I think that if I'm starting out and and I just have music and I just want to start syncing, mm -hmm. I would start researching. I would start with researching sync. Uh, uh, licensing companies mm -hmm. uh, in tandem with reaching out with music supervisors, mm. reaching out to music supervisors. But I think a sync licensing company is definitely your way to go for sure. Quick plug for the book. I have uh, 25 sync licensing companies Ooh, listed in the book in the sync licensing my chapter man. My man. with the email of what you got to write to these companies. so dope. <laughs> Yo, we got to talk after this about we'll the talk, book, we'll bro. Talk. You got to put me on, all right, all right. I love You're it. You're coming to third edition. That's yeah. fresh. Yeah, that's yeah, fresh, man. Yeah, yeah that's mm. it. That's it. Okay, so, so you can contact sync licensing companies in tandem with contacting music supervisors, doing Indeed. the reach out in that smart way, targeted uh, with full metadata, all that stuff. Indeed. Um, because music supervisors, you know, they're working on projects uh they're they're under the gun a lot of them are not just sitting around waiting for people to get music and i'm sure. not saying seeking licensing companies aren't grinding too because they grind hard yeah uh but i think that they're just a little bit easier to walk up to and say hey let's let's have let's listen to some stuff sure you know what so I mean? why did you decide since you already had all these contacts why did you decide to work with the sync licensing company and give up a percentage so i wanted to scale i wanted okay. to scale up okay. and uh, i was already doing well independently but i wanted to 
I wanted to scale up and I met some people who are just some of the most amazing people that I've ever met. And mm. uh, I was like, yeah, I gotta, I, I like, if I'm doing this well by myself, yep. if, if you were, rep- if you believe in my music mm-hmm. and you were representing my music, I know, I know people, they just got to meet you. Sure. And cool. uh, people were just pres- like you. If you were a single license, I would I would give you some of my music because I know if anybody met you and <laughs> yeah, they just sure. like sat across from you, yeah. they would listen to what you had to say. Okay. You know what nice. I mean? Yeah. And so I found these people with this talent uh, who were already doing well with their own people, cool. and we just had the synergy, and we decided to work together, and it allows me to focus more on music and to also be in all these other places at the same time. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's been great, man. So cool. I would st- I would start there if you're indie because they'll do they have they have have the uh, the groundwork to um, already set in place to just plug you in and to mm-hmm. kind of get you started. You know, amazing, yeah, amazing, super helpful, great tips. Uh, so, where are you at now, and what does the future of Vo Williams look like? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> lay it on me. So, I'm trying to figure out how to um, how to get what I do to translate more into that artist. Uh, brand type okay. vibe. Um, and so I've just been having a lot of fun with branding myself as an artist and putting myself more out there as cool. a face. Uh, so that's the future. That's the next step. Okay. Um, you know, of course, like doing live shows and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, right now. Um, Do you perform much? I haven't. Okay. I haven't since 106 and Park. I haven't performed live yet. You know what? I got to link you. Do you want to play live? Yeah. I'm okay. down. I'm okay. ready too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> I'm, ready. I'm gonna link you with my buddy. Uh, he was also on the show. Uh, he's a hip hop artist, uh, conscious hip hop artist, Lucidius. He's okay. playing a show at the Satellite in a few weeks. Okay. And, uh, maybe you link on that bill and do that could be I don't cool. Know, you know something, but you guys should know each other because you're both uh, you're both real smart hip hop artists in Los Angeles who kind of you know figured a lot of things out on their own. So Indeed. yeah, your work ethics are very similar. Thank you. Which is cool. Thank you. Um, all right, so you want to play live more? I want to play live more. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, put more music out. Uh, I have a couple of trailers coming uh, that obviously can't discuss until they come out. Sure. Plus, I want this this to like kind of live forever. So I don't want yes. to date it. Like yeah, so you know I'll be right. on Family Matters right, tomorrow right, right. night. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know i'm on i'm on tv tonight you know i'm yeah, you know cool. i got tons of stuff out of some does some, it still uh, surprise you when stuff happens or do you know every sync that's coming now oh yeah no of course yeah. um i think before with uh the thing with with uh, music libraries is yeah. that they have one stop so they're signing off on stuff and mm-hmm. kind of letting you know after the fact sure uh but but with direct sync which is another side of it that uh and you're also going to see higher fees on the direct sync mm-hmm. side um you know that stuff they have to clear with me before they can. Okay, so the deal that you have it. with your sync licensing company is that they will clear everything with you absolutely in yeah. advance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they have they have the sign off; they can roll with it. But for the most part, we just respect each know. other. The yeah. way it's like, hey, yo, and we, you know, we're friends. Mm-hmm. All everybody I work with, um, you got to make sure that you're surrounded with good people that you actually like, man. Cool. Like I, I will go to your cookout if we work together. Like, <laughs> like nice. your wedding, like you know, so. We're talking all the time, anyways, and it's like, oh yeah, hey, uh, you know, here's a hundred thousand dollars is coming tomorrow from Mercedes. Oh, right. Um, like, okay, that's dope. You know, it's like right, it's not right. like it's not like you know we have a relationship, like we yeah. know each other. So yeah, I know yeah. everything they're working on. I know what I'm up for. Cool. I know what I've lost. I know what I, you know, amazing. So, yeah, oh, amazing. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Cool. Well, that's exciting. Mm. Vo Williams, thank you so much for Thanks coming for having on the show. Me. I appreciate this you, has man. been really helpful and incredible, and, awesome. and yeah, really inspiring.
episode is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features, annual fee, unlimited uploads, and you keep 100% of your royalties. Check out DistroKid.com. 